Today I'm going to take you through my two-week Europe trip with me. It's basically going to be a recap of what we did, what I learned, what I suggest if you're planning to go, and I'm going to share very honest reviews of our trip, what you can expect if you're planning to ever go to Europe, because it wasn't quite what I was expecting, and I just... I wish I had watched a video like this before I went so I knew really what I was getting into. I'm also going to create another review about my travel must-haves. These will include everything that I brought on my trip from the most comfortable shoes to the travel insurance we purchased and everything in between. So if you're looking for more tips, then subscribe to my channel and turn on notifications so that you will be informed when that review is up. So we went to Paris, Lake Como, Venice, Sorrento, the Amalfi Coast, and Rome. And when we were first flying into Paris, we left Nashville, flew to Philadelphia, and that flight was a little delayed, but it wasn't bad. And then our flight in Philadelphia was also delayed. So we were like, okay, we're fine. So then when we went to check into our next flight, they had told us that they canceled our tickets and moved us to the full next day, like a 24 hour delay and no one would help us it was extremely frustrating we were on the phone with customer service we were at the desk talking to customer service and we were staring at our plane out of the window we just sat there for an hour while we tried to get everything sorted out and they would not let us on the plane even though they said that our seats were still available so it was really maddening and our trip was off to kind of a rough start at that point we ended up having to get a hotel room in Delaware that night, and then we spent the whole next day in Philadelphia. It's definitely not how you want to start your Europe vacation, but I will say Philadelphia was cute and it ended up being okay. I broke my nail at the airport and I was able to get it fixed in America, so that was nice instead of having to deal with the, I mean, it was severely broken. So that was fine, it was fine, whatever. Anyways, because we got travel insurance, we used the company Nomad. We're still trying to get reimbursed for the hotel room and all the expenses from that day, but the airlines would not help at all. And I definitely recommend travel insurance for situations like this because it just gave me peace of mind knowing that at the end of the day, I'm going to get reimbursed. So yes, it sucks that we missed a whole day on our trip. At least we'll get our money back. So. Travel insurance was a little bit over $300 for a two-week trip, so it is an investment, but it basically paid for itself with what happened with the airlines, so it's pretty worth it. And then just having that peace of mind where if we got injured while we were in Europe or if anything happened, we got robbed, anything, it would be covered by the insurance. Honestly, having travel insurance was the only thing that was preventing me from completely losing my mind on the staff at the airport. <laughs> just knowing that at least was gonna be reimbursed for our first day in Paris. Obviously you can't make up for lost memories or the lost time, but knowing that at least we'll be reimbursed did help me a little bit. It still sucked, don't get me wrong, but at least we know that that is coming. Okay, now back to the Europe trip. If you fly into Paris, the pilot actually announced over the loudspeaker that everyone on the right side of the plane would be able to see the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe. We were on the left side, so we didn't get to see that, but if you were booking tickets, book for the right side of the plane so that you can see those when you fly in. So we flew American Airlines and I don't know if I would recommend them, but they do give you a pillow and a blanket, a really thin pillow. I would not count on this pillow to give you any sort of support, but they gave us a really big dinner and breakfast. You can have all the alcohol that you want. We didn't drink, but it's nice to know that option was there. And the flight attendant on the flight was like, 
If alcohol wasn't free, I would be giving you guys so much alcohol right now just for the headache that we caused you the day before. So the flight staff was really, really nice. It was just the airport staff that was not cool and just the American Airlines customer service stuff. But once we were on the plane to Paris, everything was smooth sailing. So we bought the extended leg room upgrade because I know it's a very long flight and my husband is six foot three. So for him being crunched in those little seats for that long can be challenging for him, especially because he had knee surgery on both of his knees. It's just, it's a lot for him. So I thought, okay, we could do this upgrade. It's not first class or anything, but at least we'll have more leg room. Well, there was no one in front of us except the flight attendant whose seat was facing us. And we were right next to the bathroom, which I was kind of worried it was gonna be stinky or loud, but it wasn't bad. Just things to be aware of if you're flying in an emergency row on an American Airlines flight. You also don't have a TV in front of you. You have this little fold-out one that comes out of your armrest. And so it's okay. It's not like right here, it's down here, but it's fine. And then my tray table was broken, so even if it wasn't broken, like it sits right on your lap. So you don't really have a table in front of you if you wanna do work or anything. So just a few things to note, if you are gonna pay for an upgrade, maybe don't get the exit row. So the flight is about, I think it was seven-ish hours from Philadelphia, and then they feed you dinner, and then that was within like the first hour. Then they turn the lights out, you, everyone goes to sleep, it's really quiet on the plane, and then they turn the lights on, feed everyone breakfast, they had some snacks in between, I think, too. And then you just kind of wait an hour and you land. So overall, it's a really easy flight. I would say if you have flying anxiety, you shouldn't. The flight isn't bad. It's the airlines <laughs> that are not great. I also will say we had these blow-up pillows, which I'm going to cover more in my next review. But these blow-up pillows were great. I highly recommend them. Overnight flights seem like the way to go, but apparently those are the flights that get messed up the most, the flights at the end of the day, because they're basically dealing with all of the shenanigans that happened with the airlines all day. And then you just kind of hope and pray that your flight can take off by the end of the day. I've had this happen to me a few times with American Airlines now, so I don't. I really don't recommend American Airlines, but if you are gonna fly to Europe, I would just say fly out first thing in the morning so that your flight is good to go and you shouldn't have these issues. So everyone says to take the night flight because then you sleep on the plane, when you land it's the morning, and then you're ready to go. Maybe because our whole schedule was thrown off with the day in Philadelphia, but we landed around I wanna say it was 10 or 11. We waited in customs for about an hour and then we got our Uber, which also took about an hour. And we got to our hotel, I think it was like one o'clock. Another thing with flying in and landing in the morning is most hotels have a later check-in time. So if you wanted to shower and get ready to go explore that day, unless your hotel room has your room ready, you're gonna have to wait until your room's ready to check in and you're just gonna be wandering around and you're just kind of in a daze. That first day, you're just kind of like, what just happened to me? So just some things to note. I, I really do recommend just flying in the morning, sleeping that night and starting the next day on your trip. It's just counting on that whole day being a travel day. So once you get to the airport in Paris, the Uber from the airport was actually less than the standard taxi fare. And I like that I could see it on my app. You can see that they're registered with Uber because I did hear that the taxi services can be a little bit shady where they, they pull this scam where they basically pick you up at the airport 
but they're like in the airport. So they're like, come with us. Like we're gonna take you in our taxi. And then it ends up not being a taxi service. So when you get out of the airport, it literally, once you leave the baggage claim, it guides you to where the taxi and the Uber pickup is. You can't miss it. So if someone's trying to pick you up in the airport, just say, no thanks, and walk to that area. If they go and get in a taxi, great for them, but it's just better to not risk it. You also wanna really watch your bags in Paris because there's pickpockets. So once you land in the airport, you just put your guard up and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna get to the hotel the easiest way possible. So what's nice is the taxis have that flat rate. I think it was $65 to get to the part of Paris that we were staying in, but the Uber was less expensive. So we took an Uber. It took about an hour. There was a lot of traffic and it was midday. So just kind of account for that if you're trying to make plans the day you land just count on it taking a while to get from the airport to Paris. But I just, like literally the second I get in the Uber, I passed out and I slept basically the whole drive there, which was really nice. Steve, my husband, was wide awake and he was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Oh my gosh, look at all the graffiti. Like the drive into Paris isn't this beautiful, idyllic scene. It's it's kind of, it's not what you would expect when you think of Paris. So just a heads up. You can book a private shuttle if you want and you can, your hotel could do it for you or you could just do it yourself. It's like $100, I think, was what they quoted us or maybe $115. I don't think you need it. I mean, you can go and get in a taxi unless you have a bunch of people and a bunch of luggage, which we had large suitcases. There was two large suitcases and it was not a problem with our Uber. So if you want to pay more go for it but honestly the taxi service is so easy once you land so then once we got into paris we checked into the hotel we stayed at the seven hotel it's not in like the super busy touristy part of paris it's in i'm pretty sure it's the latin district and the room was small but the hotel was so nice it was so chic it was brand new feeling i don't know how old it was it was comfortable, it had air conditioning, it was really, really nice. So we got in, we took a shower, and then we napped, we were exhausted. And then we finally got going for exploring that day around 5 p.m., so that's when we headed out for activities. So my mom gave us an itinerary for Paris. She's been to Europe so many times. She's spent months in Paris where she just lives in an apartment for a month, and so she really, really knows the city. I'm actually gonna make another blog post with a full Paris itinerary with her suggestions because she knows a lot of things that are off the beaten path or the tourist things that aren't so crowded or that are worth it, that aren't worth it. So I'm really grateful for her because we missed a whole day in Paris. She was able to help us figure out, okay, this is what you should do while you're here instead of us just waiting in lines to see the most popular tourist destinations. We walked to the Luxembourg Gardens. We saw the fountain. There's this really cute carousel there. There's an amazing playground, which you have to just go look at it. It has a zip line, which is so fun. And there's all these little kids playing. There's people just drinking in the park, reading, like hanging out with their friends, just locals that live there. It's really, it's really nice. It's just a beautiful garden. And then they also had a mini Statue of Liberty, which we saw on the way out to our next destination. But it's just so funny. Like everyone talks about how Parisians are so mean to Americans. We did not experience that at all. Everyone was so nice to us. We saw people wearing American flags. Like it's not what you think. So then next we walked 
to Bon Marche, which is an amazing department store. It has a really cool escalator and then it has the most amazing grocery store. Bon Marche is in this really nice area. So if you wanna just wander around that area for hours, you could, it's beautiful. It's like more high-end real estate, high-end shopping. But Bon Marche, when you're there, and I highly recommend this, it sounds so weird to go to a department store when you're in Paris, but they had this grocery that was like a grocery store, a market in the department store that was amazing. It's like Whole Foods on steroids. It was so cool. We could have spent hours in there. We love cooking and eating and it was just so cool. I'm gonna show you some of the grocery store because I just couldn't get over how cool it was. It had absolutely everything. The food looked so fresh. There was caviar, there was like giant wheels of cheese, there was pate. I mean, look at all of this cheese. It was incredible. And then just stacks of eggs. They weren't even refrigerated, so you know that they're like super fresh. And then yogurts and pasta, fresh coffee, like just everything. This place was so cool. I, you have to go there if you ever go to Paris. It was incredible. So then we left upon Marsh and we walked over to the polling bakery. By this point, everything's starting to close up for the day, which sucked because we got a late start. But we did go to the polling bakery, which is it's like a famous bakery in Paris. So we were able to get the little shortbread cookies from Pauline Bakery and then Steve got a dish towel for baking bread. And then we walked over to the Seine River and from there we walked over the bridge, we went into the Louvre area. We didn't go into the Louvre, everything was closed, but it's just, it's really cool to see it. You see that little glass pyramid, not little, huge, glass pyramid dome and it's like this modern structure in the middle of this really cool old the whole Louvre area is stunning you could just sit there all day and look at all of the intricate details on the buildings from there if you keep walking through there's like this arch and you walk through that there's this beaded metro station that's famous it's absolutely stunning it's like colorful bright beads that shows you where the metro entrance is then you go down the stairs into the metro and then if you keep walking there was like there's the restaurant called Lenemers, which is where we had dinner we just had a cheese plate with wine and beer and service is extremely slow but the people watching there is amazing there was these break dancers putting on a full show in front of us and then just looking at all of the outfits as people walk by was really fun but if you keep walking right there where you see everyone take pictures on the black and white columns that are like short and different heights that's right where that is so it's really really close to the louvre if you're ever in that area just go check it out. It was closed. They were actually having a private event that night. It looked like a wedding of some sort, but we, um, yeah, we weren't able to go in, but it's fine. You're literally just looking at black and white columns, but it's a fun photo opportunity if you go. And then we walked back to our hotel through this really cool art district. And just in the six hours that we were out wandering around, we walked 16,000 steps. And I wore these brand new, I hadn't broken them in yet. These are the most comfortable sneakers you will ever wear. I'm gonna link them in the show notes. I recommend everyone get them. They're super lightweight, they're white leather, and they do have different colors, but they did not look dirty the entire trip, and they're so incredibly comfortable. 
I have the most sensitive baby feet and these were perfect for me. So then day two, we went to breakfast at the Seven Hotel and it was amazing. I really do recommend the Seven Hotel. It, it, it was affordable, the food was incredible, the service was great, and the coffee was really good too. And then they also have an espresso in the room, which we appreciated. So we walked for three miles to the Pont Alexander Bridge and then we walked over to the Petite Royale. So the Pont Alexander Bridge is absolutely stunning. Like you just have to look at it when you're there. There's so many little details and historical facts about, I mean, this whole area, but if you wanna get like, I'm, this isn't gonna be a history lesson. This is gonna tell you our itinerary of what we did on the trip. If you guys want a history lesson, send me a message and let me know because my mom would be happy to put one together for you. She knows literally everything there is to know about Paris. Oh, I should mention the whole time that we were navigating around Europe, we did get a map from our hotel, but my phone map was actually better because you can just set it to how far is this to walk and it literally guides you on your phone, like walk this way, walk this way. So it made it really easy to navigate and I feel like it saved us a lot of time. But then after we got to the Pont Alexander Bridge, I was really tired. I was jet lagging and it was pretty hot. So then we decided to try the Metro and your phone tells you what metro stops to take to get to different places. It's honestly so easy. I definitely recommend getting the phone upgrade where you just pay for the European plan. We did the month plan because it was $10 a day or $100 for the month. So we just did it on my phone. It was totally fine, but that map saved us. So whenever we took the metro, it just, honestly, it saves so much time. Just get that plan. And for the most part, the Metro feels really safe. It's pretty clean, definitely compared to New York or like the BART in San Francisco. So if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But we took the Metro and it, it honestly felt really fine. So we took it to the Galleries Lafayette, which is another department store. And I know it seems really weird to go to department stores. Again, I'm telling you, these aren't just department stores. The Galleries Lafayette has the most incredible view. If you go up to the top, they have this really pretty elevator that will take you there. They have this cool dome when you're inside the building and you just look up. It's, it's like the most colorful, beautiful dome. There's a DJ playing music in the women's clothing section. It's just, it's like American department stores dream they could be like this. It's so incredible. I, if you love shopping, I mean, I didn't even buy anything. It's just fun being there and looking at all these things, but they have this full on cafeteria on the sixth floor. And so after we went, looked at the view on the roof, we went down to the sixth floor and had some pastries. It was actually the only pastries we had while we were in Paris. So Steve had or I had a fruit tart, Steve had an eclair, and it was delicious. So then we tried to go to the opera, but the main area was closed off, and it was so hot at this point. We were really tired, and so we ended up taking the metro to the Arc de Triomphe, and then we had lunch nearby, and we could not find where to get into the Arc de Triomphe. <laughs> and it seems really stupid, because you're like, well, it's in the middle of the street. You cannot go into the middle of the street because it's like, a turn like what are those called roundabouts where the cars just drive in circles and so you can't just cross into the middle of the street you have to go underground and then you hike up into the center where the Arc de Triomphe is and so <laughs> it 
took us a while to figure it out. The guy at the restaurant ended up helping us. And basically there's stairs that you have to find. So if you're on the Champs-Élysées on like where you walk up the hill with all the shops and then you see the Arc de Triomphe in front of you, there's stairs on that side. And then if you go around the other side of the Arc de Triomphe, there's stairs on that side. So just look out for those stairs but they are not that easy to find. So we ended up not opting to go up the Arc de Triomphe because the line was really long. You had to pay for a ticket. And so we just went there and walked around and looked at everything. It's unreal in person. It's beautiful. There's so much detail and it's just, it's just magical. Like you can feel the history when you're there. So then after we left the Arc de Triomphe, we walked down the Champs-Élysées and we weren't trying to shop. We really were trying to make up for our lost time. So we went in a few stores that just looked awesome, like La Aceton. The store has this really cool cafe. It's truly beautiful. The store setup was so awesome. And then also the Lancome store, it was very interactive. It was really cool. So. I do recommend going there just to see because the stores, it's like they know they're on one of the most famous shopping streets in the entire world. So they definitely play it up and they make it, they make it an experience, which I really appreciate, but it is crazy. I would say that's probably where there was the most amount of tourists, which is so funny because we went to all the touristy areas, but the shopping street, that's where everybody was. I would say everywhere else we went, like the Louvre or the Eiffel Tower and everywhere else was not bad. So then we took a metro to the Eiffel Tower and there aren't really any that get you that close to it. So you have to expect to walk a little bit, but it's not bad. Paris is pretty flat for the most part. So we stopped by the Princess Diana Memorial and if you see the memorial and you walk down the river a little bit, there's the most incredible view with the Eiffel Tower and it's the best place to take a picture because there's no one behind you. So if you're trying to get the full Eiffel Tower, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful place to take a picture and it's there's no one around, it's great. So from the Princess Diana Memorial, we walked to this really cool door that my mom always talks about. She makes everyone look at it. It's shaped like a penis, so. <laughs> It's funny that my mom knows that, but we went from there then to the Eiffel Tower. So here's the thing with the Eiffel Tower. It's massive, it's giant, it's like, it's insane. There's a really large park in front of it and there's just tons of people hanging out on the grass. They bring food, they bring alcohol, they're hanging out, there's kids playing. I suggest bringing a full picnic and they do have people walking around selling bottles of wine and champagne, but you can definitely just bring your own, probably save some money, and you could hang out all day if you want to. It was really hot when we were there in late June, so I would suggest going later in the day, maybe having dinner. If you can have dinner or go up the Eiffel Tower, I do recommend it, it is pretty cool, but we just didn't have time this trip. And when the Eiffel Tower lights up at night is when it's the most magical. It's incredible, it's super romantic. We had to cut the day short just because we had so many more activities to get done. So then we walked to a nearby restaurant. We had coffee and a creme brulee and I guess we did. Well, that's dessert, that's not a pastry. But we took the Metro to a pharmacy. I obviously had to go to a pharmacy because I'm a beauty blogger and I just, I just love it. I appreciate beauty products so much. And the French pharmacies are incredible, but we went to City Pharma, which in my opinion is a must see. If you are a beauty lover, it's a three-story pharmacy. So it's just so many products, like unreal amounts of product. And what's weird is like, I mean, we know regulations on products are different in America 
compared to Europe. So you'll see a lot of brands and products that you've never seen in America in the pharmacy. So it's really, it's cool if you have time and you can actually spend hours there and your husband's not like tapping his watch, like, let's go, come on. Then I highly recommend going and checking it out. Also, what's cool is if you spend over $101 and you have your passport on you, then you can do the duty-free tax stuff, which I didn't spend enough money. And I mean, it was pretty packed in there. We went later in the afternoon and it was packed. So I imagine during the day, it's probably even more packed. So it's just, I, I loved it. I, I wish I had more time to spend in the pharmacy. I know it sounds silly, but it really was just so cool. So then from there, we walked to a nearby restaurant and had crepes and wine. And then we decided to just take the metro back. So the closest metro station to our hotel was not actually that close. And so we took the metro to the Latin district by the Pantheon and then we walked towards our hotel and we found the cutest square with this little fountain. It was surrounded by restaurants and bars. It had ice cream, crepes, it had street food, super affordable. Like we went into this little grocery store, we bought a bottle of wine and then we headed back up to the fountain just to enjoy the rest of the night. I think it was like nine o'clock at this point, but it was still light out. And then this band started playing live music. It was the most magical experience. We stayed there for hours and just drank wine and watched people dance. It was so fun. I highly recommend finding this little town square and hanging out there one night. This was a, was it a Friday? I think that was a Friday night. So I don't know if that's just one night a week thing, but I highly recommend it. And then that day we walked 25,000 steps with all of the metros that we took. So <laughs> Paris, you can walk a lot. I would say style in Paris, there was a lot of wide leg jeans, like a lot of them, linen pants, skirts, not just neutral colors like every blog online says. I would say the fashion was more modest, but there were some people in really bright colors, not so much prints, but just bright solids. And then there were some people in street style as well. Street style meaning like baggy cargo pants and like sweatshirts, baggy shirts, things like that. But I would say for the most part, Paris is very modest. Um, I saw a lot of sneakers. There was comfortable sandals, like Birkenstock style, not like flip-flops so much. I would say there were absolutely no heels. There were some chunky short heels, but definitely no stilettos. Very natural makeup. There wasn't really a ton of people with face filler. There wasn't even that many people with highlights there, which I thought was really interesting. So overall, I would say Paris was probably my favorite part of the trip. It's just, I wish I had more time there. I would say end your trip in Paris, but I'll get more into that later because I have opinions on everywhere else we went. So the next day we were headed to Lake Como and we had breakfast at the hotel and then we took an uber to the rue cremenu which i'm probably butchering that but it is the cutest street with these really beautiful colorful houses it's right by the train station so if you're taking the train you have to go see it it's like i would say probably a five minute walk from the train station it's really cute and then there's a bakery on the corner nearby so we just grabbed some sandwiches and then we walked to the train station because we didn't know if the train station would have food or anything inside the train station is beautiful there's definitely food inside so the train station had bakeries it had coffee shops yummy looking restaurants sephora there was clothes pharmacies there was an espresso store you had to pay a euro to use the restroom by the trains. 
I didn't see if there was a restroom inside the train station, but once you get to the train area where all the trains are lined up, you do have to pay, so just be prepared for that. And getting to your train is kind of mayhem. There's a ton of people pushing. We bought first class tickets. There isn't really anyone guiding you on where to go. You just have to watch. It's kind of like at the airport where you watch for your flight. They have it at the train stations too, but yeah, you just kind of have to figure it out. So we bought the Eurorail Pass, and then the past you had to also buy tickets, which I thought was kind of lame. So I think we ended up spending $1,000 just on train transport, but the upgrade to first class wasn't that much more expensive. And I highly recommend you do it if you're willing to spend a couple extra hundred dollars because the seats were very comfortable there. Everything was very clean. It was nice. It was just, it was great. The trains are amazing. So we took the train to Milan and the train station was super chaotic. We went to the ticket desk to ask for help and they would not help us. It was really weird. Finally, we got someone to help us. And it's funny because it's like, you work here. Why would you not help people asking you questions? But anyway, so they told us we had to go to this red booth downstairs to buy tickets to the train from that train station to Lake Como. And I don't know why they told us to go downstairs because after we bought our tickets, we saw a bunch of the red booths upstairs as well. So if you're planning on going to Lake Como, just look for these red ticket booths. And the train to Lake Como is more like trolley style train or like a metro. It's not the comfortable train you just got off of. Super crowded on a Saturday, very hot. No one checks your tickets. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, so then we arrived at the train station in Lake Como and there's no Ubers, there's no cabs, it was really hot. So we had to walk to our apartment, but our apartment wasn't far from the train station, fortunately. So then we finally got to our apartment, we took showers and then we just wandered around like the little town square in Lake Como. We had an amazing dinner at this place called Pasta and then we wandered down to this area by the water. We saw the Duomo, the little town square, and just like, it's like the most beautiful church. So then we went back to the apartment. The apartment was nice. It was huge. It was just very basic. So I feel like if you're in a big group, it might be better to get an apartment than a hotel. Because we booked our trip so last minute, it actually was surprisingly hard to find a hotel in Lake Como. And I wanted to stay in Lake Como because I was concerned at how hard it would be to get from the train station to like Bellagio, for example. And I'm kind of glad because we couldn't get an Uber or a cab to take us. So something to be aware of if you're going to Lake Como. I feel like this is when you would probably want to get a shuttle, <laughs> like book it in advance. But yeah, so our apartment, it was nice. We noticed in Lake Como, there's a lot of young adults. Like I would say or late teens or early 20s. The fashion there is more dressy. We saw stilettos, we saw tight short dresses on some, but I would say the majority were just like flowy, classic, beautiful dresses, skirts, trousers. It's just, everyone was dressed very classy and beautiful so you definitely want to bring a nice outfit for Lake Como if you're going and then the next morning we went to a cafe and had croissants and iced coffee and then we just wandered a little bit further into the town and we shopped a little bit there's a lot of stores that were closed because it was a Sunday and then what was really fun was there was a full band that walks around and plays music so we just kind of watched them play for a while. It was really nice. And then we headed to buy our ferry tickets to go to Bellagio 
and the line was insane. We waited for about 45 minutes. It barely moved. It was so hot. And you're kind of like, why doesn't everyone just buy a ticket online? We tried to buy tickets in advance and all of the tours were sold out. But then like when you're buying a ferry ticket, they have a website. So you go to buy your ticket there and they're sold out online. So you're like, am I just waiting in line for them to tell me that it's sold out? Like what's going on here? By this point, I'm getting over it. It's really, really hot out. I walked up to the front just to see what the deal was because I don't want to be wasting our one day in Lake Como in line if there's no point. So at that point, it was like one o'clock and the next available tickets were being sold for the 3.30 ferry. So it would have gotten us to Bellagio at 5.30 and then we would have had to leave Bellagio at 7.05. So it was like it's not worth it. So we decided to get out of that line and then try to call an Uber. No, Uber does not operate in Lake Como. Like they were just not there. And then we tried to get a cab. They would not take us to Bellagio. So we just gave up on the ferry and decided, okay, next time if we ever come back to Lake Como, we'll just book everything in advance. So if you're going to Lake Como, I highly recommend pre-booking everything you possibly can. So then we went and had lunch and we wandered over to this tram that takes you up to Borletto. I'm pretty sure it's what it's called. It's like a straight uphill. And then there's this cute little town up there, but I really just wanted to ride that tram. It looked really cool. So the the line to get to that little tram was only about 30 minutes. It was so hot though. So then the ride to get up there was actually really quick, but it was amazing. We sat in the very front row, so you could just see straight out. There was no one in front of us. It was so cool. And you just get the most amazing view of Lake Como and the town. And the town is surprisingly big. Like it goes back way farther than you would think for like the tourist part of the town. So once we got up to the town, there's really not much to do. We wandered around but there's, there isn't like shopping or anything to look at. So you just kind of look at the view. There was this really cute church that we went in and then we had drinks at this really cute restaurant that was right on the cliff with the most amazing view. So at that point, I'd say we were pretty done with Lake Como. We were ready to just go home. It was so hot. We were bummed we couldn't see the other towns. And so we decided to head back down and shower and get ready for dinner. We went to leave and the line to get back on the trolley was so long, which is so weird because when you're in this town, you don't see anybody. Like there's barely anyone there. But when you get in the line, the line probably took us an hour to get back down the trolley. So we made friends with this really cute Canadian family and they also just got back from uh, Paris and they said that the French were really mean to them because they have these Canadian French accents. I thought that was so funny because in my experience, Italians were mean to us, but the French were super nice to us. So who knows? So then we went back to our room and we had dinner and then gelato and that was kind of it. If you're going to Lake Como, buy everything in advance because if obviously you want to have a better time than we did. We looked at one private boat tour. It was like the last one available. It was $200 per person and we waited a day before we booked it and then we went to book, it was sold out. So don't be like us, just buy the tickets in advance. So then the next morning we packed up, we walked into the town square, we had breakfast at this really cute restaurant and then we walked to the train and we actually took a much nicer train back to Milan. It was very pleasant. No one checked our tickets. 
it was really weird. But the train there was like this ghetto metro type train. The train back was like this nice Eurorail type train. So I don't know what happened on the way there. Okay, so next we were going to Venice and that was about a three hour train ride. Oh, the train from Paris to Lake Como, I wanna say it was like, five or eight hours, somewhere in between, which I know is a big gap, but I, I don't remember. It was a long one because you're going quite a ways to get there. So the train to Venice was three hours and then the conductor came through and asked to see our year rail app ticket, not the ones I had printed, but the assigned seats didn't matter to him. It was just, let me see your ticket. And that was easy. And then the Venice train station is really nice. I would say all the train stations are really nice. They have food, they have shopping. So if you're running behind and you didn't have time to grab breakfast or whatever when you were running to the train station, just know if you get there, you'll be okay. When we got off the train, we were approached by a water taxi and he told us where to go and told us it was $60. And so we didn't want to deal with the hassle of figuring out the water bus. So we agreed. And so after about 20 minutes of other people getting picked up in front of us, behind us, we're like, are we in the right place? What's happening? He finally put our luggage on a water taxi with this other family. And then he told us that because he did that, it's now 10 more euros that we had to give him directly. <laughs> so, you know, $70 for a water taxi that literally took us seven minutes. <laughs> But it was fine, it was a cool experience. And then it was a really cool boat. It was like one of those wood boats. So Steve was super excited about that. And then the hotel was about a five minute walk. We didn't have to go over any of the bridges, which was really nice. And then we stayed at this hotel called Al Gazzettino and it's right above Al Gazzettino restaurant. And what's funny is that when we booked the hotel, it's actually the restaurant reviews that really sold me because there's so many nice looking hotels in Venice and the, the reviews are okay, but this restaurant had the best reviews out of like every restaurant in Venice. So we ate there the first night. It was really delicious. I highly recommend it. It's called Al Gazzettino. So then after dinner, we wandered around Venice. We, some of the shops were still open, which was really cool. They have a lot of street vendors. We almost got a gondola ride that night, but then we decided to wait until the next day. And the next day we had breakfast at our hotel, which was the same restaurant as the night before. And they just bring you a ton of pastries, yogurt, hard boiled eggs, meat, cheese. It was just like an assortment. You didn't really like pick and choose what you wanted. They had really good coffee. And then we walked all around Venice that day. We went into more shops. At one point we like wandered into this little cafe with the local bar and they were playing country music, which I thought was really funny. I bought a Cochinelle handbag. Cochinelle is really good quality leather shops. There's a ton of leather shops all over the like street vendors in Venice and just all over Italy. They're all the same bags. So just so you know. <laughs> You're not gonna miss one if you saw one at one of these little shops. If you go into the next one, that bag will also be in that shop. So I ended up getting a Cochinelle bag just because I had one that my mom got me when she went to Europe years ago. I loved it, it lasted forever, and it was just really cute. It's like I've always wanted a tan crossbody bag, so I got one and it was on sale. So if you do get a Cochinelle handbag, just know you can ask them if they're having a sale. They basically are always on sale. And there was like, it was 30% off and then we got the tax deduction thingy and it was, yeah, it was great. 
So then we walked around the area by St. Mark's Square and there's a bunch of shops over there. It's really, really hot, <laughs> but everyone was really friendly, which was a nice change of pace. And we just kind of walked by all of the main attractions. You may have noticed we didn't really go in any of these at any of the other places we went. I've already seen them in previous Europe trips and Steve just wasn't that interested in waiting in the lines. So it gave us more time to explore the area and just be in each city, which is, that's what we like to do when we travel. But we did book a tour to the Murano Island and Burano Island. So it's a boat tour. It takes about 30 minutes to get to Murano. So in Murano, this island is basically where they invented glass. So they had all the glass makers. They kind of held them hostage on this island. <laughs> But now it's not like that, obviously. You can leave if you want to. So they give you a glass making presentation, which is really cute. It was fun to watch. And Steve was just fascinated because he's done glass making in the past. So while I went and looked in the gift shop, he just stayed there and watched them make glass. And he was so excited. It was cute. And then in the gift shop, they had a glass guitar, which I just, it's so cool. But then they also had these giant chandeliers that you see all over Venice. These things are like $50,000 and they're made out of glass, which is, they're incredible and they're massive. So then we walked around the town of Murano and it's kind of like a ghost town. It was almost eerie. So we went in a few shops and I bought the cutest little glass diffuser jar that this woman, she said her family has been in the glass blowing industry for generations and now she makes these really dainty beautiful pieces so we bought one and she wrapped it up really well it made it home i'm so happy it's so cute and then next we got back on our tour boat to burano and burano is fabulous it's like this really colorful town every home is painted a different color and it's because back in the day the fishermen couldn't find their houses in the dark and so they knew what color their house was probably also because I think they said they were intoxicated, <laughs> but it's amazing. Like if you want to paint your house, it has to get approved by this board there. It's, it's like a whole thing, but every single house, and it's not just like light pinks, light blues. It's like full on bright colors, yellows, oranges, bright blue. It's amazing. It's so cool. And Burano is where they invented lace. So they would have people making lace like these ladies on this island that would just make lace and they all know how to do one knot and that's just what they would do all day. And so it's kind of a dying art and we got to see one of the ladies that still does it. So we watched her make it and then we got to wander around the town a little bit. And here it was definitely not a ghost town. There was a lot of people. It wasn't overly crowded, but it was just, it was nice to have some people around. There's restaurants, there's little bakeries, there's bars, there's way more to do, a ton of shopping, like really cute, unique souvenir shops. So we ended up getting these bookmarks that were made out of lace and it's just the best souvenir. So we gave them to our moms and then one of my girlfriends that just loves old things. I would say, I don't know if you need to take the tour of Murano Burano. I think you could just take a water taxi and get there. The tour wasn't that expensive and the, the tour guide was really nice. She said that I looked like this really famous Italian influencer and she was like showing me pictures of her. I was like, ah, I'll take it, thanks. <laughs> but 
Um, I don't know. I don't think the tour was super necessary and the boat was very hot, <laughs> but Burano is 100% worth it. I highly recommend you look at Burano if you go to Venice. So then after that tour, we went back to our hotel in Venice. We showered and then we went to ride the gondola. The nighttime gondola is 100 euros, but it is so worth it. It's really romantic. It's not super crowded. It was just the two of us, and he let us bring a bottle of champagne on the boat and drink it while we toured around the canals. Make sure to ask if they will let you before you get on the gondola, because I heard that some people don't allow drinking on theirs, so just something to know. But as he toured us around all the canals, he told us Katy Perry rode on his boat. He also told us that there's these gondola races that happen in the summertime. It's like, I think it's just one weekend, but if I go to Venice again, I would want to go during this time because it sounds so cool. Like imagine just seeing all these gondolas racing down the canals in Venice. So that was so fun. Then after that, we went and had dinner on the main canal and we had pasta and lobster and <laughs> i was so excited for it but when i took a bite of the lobster there were eggs inside of it and i completely lost my appetite i didn't have seafood the rest of the trip i was so grossed out <laughs> oh my god it was like i could still picture it in my mind but we absolutely loved venice i highly recommend it definitely definitely worth it so then on the way back to the train, we took the water bus. It was so easy. We should have just done it. It was $9.50 per person. Definitely do that instead of the water taxi. We got an iced coffee and then sandwiches and pineapple because I just missed fresh fruit. And then we got on the train to Naples. So from here, we went to Sorrento which you have to take the train to Naples. And what's funny is on this train, the other passengers really cared about their assigned seats. So it's like some trains they do care, some trains they don't care, but they gave us these boxes with these prepackaged foods and like water and crackers and a small sandwich. It was really, is a nice surprise. It was not expected. I wouldn't say it was the best food we ate, but it's really nice to just have them give you food. So I think that's probably a first class thing, but that was nice to have. We took the train to Sorrento and we walked for about 15 minutes from the train station to our hotel. We stayed at the Hotel Florida and I wouldn't recommend it. So we had the most days in Sorrento because I wanted to have just downtime. I wanted to just actually have a vacation. I feel like when you're doing a European vacation, you're running around like crazy the whole time that you don't really have time to relax. So I, I scheduled some into our Sorrento trip and I really wanted a pool. And by the time that we booked the trip, everything was booked. So it's like, if you're booking a hotel in Sorrento, there's the downtown area and then there's areas in like the surrounding mountains. I don't recommend staying there because you can't get into town. So if you read the reviews, everyone's like, you need definitely need a car to get from here anywhere. And obviously we didn't have a car, we didn't rent a car. If you're gonna rent a car, you could try that. But um, we wanted to stay within walking distance of the town. And so there was very limited options of hotels that also had pools within walking distance. So we weren't like right downtown, but it was about a 30 minute walk, which is fine. So anyways, back to the hotel, the pool was really nice. They just upgraded that area, but the rooms were not nice <laughs> so i mean if you don't care then I, you know the breakfast was decent the cappuccinos were really good 
but the rooms were more like a Motel 6. So we requested the larger bed and it's basically just two beds pushed together that slide apart in the middle of the night if you're sleeping in the middle. This is very common in Europe, so if you don't want that, just make sure you look really closely at the photo reviews online. Again, because we booked so last minute, we didn't have much of an option, but the shower situation, it was not good. And they didn't provide us water bottles and it's like, dude, it's 98 degrees outside. Like, can we please have some water? No. <laughs> So that night we had our, all of our dirty laundry we needed to do. And so we walked into town and we found a laundromat and a local Thai restaurant. We were ready for a different type of food at that point. So laundry was about 15 euros. And then we just went to bed and we had a really early tour the next day. So that was, that was a good enough night for us for our first night. So we booked our boat tour to Positano and Amafi with Get Your Guide, which is like this huge, online resource it basically compiles all of these tours in one place makes it really easy to purchase it was it was i was excited i was looking forward to it we woke up super early wanted to make sure we got there in time and the breakfast at the hotel was set up it was decent coffee was good i will say if you prefer stevia over sugar you definitely want to bring your own stevia to europe because they don't have stevia anywhere so we showed up to the shuttle pickup point early and they were a little unclear on where they were picking us up because the first communication, they said that they couldn't come to our hotel, so to meet us down the street. But then in the second communication, they said that they would pick us up at our hotel. So I tried contacting them the night before and didn't get a response. So we talked to the front desk agent at our hotel and they said, okay, if we see them, we'll tell them where we were because we were basically just down and around the corner. Well, after 40 minutes, no one came. And so I contacted the company and they told us we missed the shuttle. <laughs> I was like, no, we didn't. We were here early. There's no way we missed the shuttle. So we contacted Get Your Guide. They refunded us. That was surprisingly easy. And we ended up just having to get to the ferry place ourselves. So we walked down through Sorrento down to where the ferries pick you up. And it was a long walk. It was like 30 minutes to the downtown area. And then you walk down the super windy, really steep road to get to the ferries and bought our tickets. It was fine. The ferry's really big and it's not rocky or bumpy. And there's this really nice Australian family that we were chatting with and their son was getting very seasick. We just, poor kid was really struggling. So we had these little stickers that they're like seasick, motion sick patches that we put on beforehand. It's hard to know if it actually helped us or not, but we didn't get seasick or train sick or anything. Again, I'm gonna talk about things I recommend bringing more on my travel must-haves review, but just having those patches I do think definitely saved us because this poor kid was really suffering. So the first stop was Positano and I loved it so much. I wish we could have spent more time there because it was just so incredible. It was beautiful. There was just so many people that getting around was a challenge, but the town is absolutely stunning. The shops are so pricey though. I've never been to a tourist town that had so many stores with dresses that cost 600 to $800. Like that's absolutely insane to me. So I didn't buy anything. Steve got a pair of handmade leather loafers for 75 euros. And then we just walked around the town. We really didn't have that much time there. 
And I wish we had more. Like, I wish we had just taken the boat to Positano because it's so cute. It's very hilly. What we did is we got off the boat and then you walk by the beach and some restaurants and then you start just going up this really steep hill. There's a ton of people, lots of really cute, tiny shops. And then as you get higher, the shops do get a little bit bigger, but everything was just so expensive. We didn't get anything. And then we had, we'd like grabbed pizza slices to go and we rushed back to the ferry. And I loved Positano. I would definitely go back. Maybe not in the busy summer months, but it's so cute. So then we took the ferry to Amalfi and it was just such a different vibe. It was basically a tiny version of Positano without the charm. So it's like they have these tourist shops that all have the same things and then they have their one beautiful church, which is stunning. I will give them that, but to go inside you had to pay. And all of the shops sell the same stuff, like bright lemon colored, just kind of like tchotchkes, tiles, really bright colored like yellow and blue dresses tablecloths they all have them it's it's like not i don't know it just doesn't feel special <laughs> when you're there because you see it in every single shop i should mention everyone in sorrento was wearing bright colors and lots of patterns it's like versace on steroids so if you love bright colors this is the place for you so at this point it was just so hot and I don't know. I, I wish they had given us more time at Positano and less time at Amalfi. I don't know why it was switched because Positano is so much bigger. But I have other friends that also have been to Amalfi and they said the same thing. So if you're booking a trip to the Amalfi Coast, maybe skip Amalfi. If I go back, I'd probably do like Positano, Capri, some of the other areas there. So then when we got back from the ferry, we took a cab back to our hotel because I was not walking up that hill after that long, hot day. All cabs are $25. Literally everywhere you go in Sorrento, it's $25. One time I was able to haggle and get it for 20 with cash, but just expect to spend $25 anywhere you go. So it definitely adds up. I would just say get a hotel closer to town if you don't wanna spend that every time. And then that night we walked into town and we had the best dinner. It's this restaurant called Az, like A-Z-Z. And this is a must do. There was a line out front. The other restaurants around it were upset because the line was for Az and like all of the restaurants had seats available, <laughs> but it's because Az is that good. Az had really good reviews on Yelp, which is how I found it. And I just found it by searching that day. You cannot make reservations though, so just heads up. But I was really impressed with the accuracy of the Yelp reviews. I would say on our whole trip, Yelp really, like people were leaving the best reviews. You really knew what you were getting into wherever you went. If you're considering a restaurant, just look at Yelp first. So definitely eat it as, and then we just wandered around the town. They have more of those little tchotchke souvenir type stores and then some clothes and ice cream. It's just a really cute downtown area. And then we took a cab ride back to our hotel and decided to just, our next day was gonna be our chill day. I was sick of getting pushed around by tourists. So we just laid by the pool all day and vegged out, which is really nice. And then that night we went back into the downtown area we did some shopping and I just, I love Sorrento so much. It has the cutest town square. It's like, it almost feels like adult Disneyland. 
if that makes sense. I, like downtown Disney, like that's what Sorrento feels like. And then that night we went to a restaurant that looked like it was gonna be amazing, but it was not nearly as good as as. So if you're going to Sorrento, I'm telling you just eat it as, it's worth the wait. Okay, and then what else did we do that night? We went and we saw the most amazing sunset over like the cliffs and the water. It was just fabulous. And then we got these cute little house numbers. So I did buy some lemon tchotchkes, but they're so cute and they're like hand painted. We have to put them on our house still, but I just love them. That's really the only souvenir I bought there. And to be honest, by this part of the trip, I was kind of ready to go home. I really wasn't looking forward to our next stop, which was Rome. But Steve was excited about it, and so I was like, okay, gotta hype myself up. We have a few more days and then we can go home. I feel like for me, I'm just, I'm not the best traveler. I just get anxious and I like my comfort zone. And so two weeks is a little ambitious. I think for me, next time I go to Europe, I'd probably do eight days. And I know flights are expensive, which is why we added on a whole extra week because it's like, when else am I gonna spend $5,000 or however much we spent on flights, like probably never. So we're going and we're gonna spend a long time there and enjoy it, but I, I kind of wish I didn't. So anyways, we went to Rome. <laughs> so we took the train from Sorrento to Rome and it was a really short train ride. And then we got on the Metro in Rome to get to our hotel and Steve almost got pickpocketed. So you have to be extremely cautious in Rome and in Paris. The other areas do feel a lot safer, but this guy was slick. Like he had this jacket hung over his arm and Steve caught him with his hand in the top pocket of his backpack. Like no shame. And then Steve called him out and the guy just got off the Metro. Like whatever, like no big thing. It's so crazy. They're so slick there. When we got to our stop, <laughs> we got off and we just had a short walk up this hill to our hotel. The hotel was nothing like what I was expecting, but it was easy to get to, so that was good. And it had that two bed thing where they pushed the two beds together. It was so hot in Rome. So that night we walked to the Spanish steps. So we walked up this hill and then down the steps, which was pretty cool. And then we went and had ice cream for dinner, <laughs> which seems funny, but when it's that hot out, you just don't care. And when I was a kid, I went there with my family and there was this ice cream shop back in this little nook by the Spanish steps. And so I wanted to try to find it, but it wasn't there. So I kind of, I guess I got ice cream as, I don't know, a way to relive that moment with my family. So then we went and had ice cream for dinner and we just wandered around. So we walked over to the Trevi Fountain. We walked through this really nice shopping area. The shopping area by the Spanish steps is nice. It's not too crowded. It felt safe to wander around. And then we walked over to the Trevi Fountain, which was packed, like jam packed to the point where you're just like a sardine just trying to get through. So that's kind of what the rest of the trip was like. Just so many people crammed into every single place you could possibly be in Rome. It was just, <laughs> I was so over it. But the next day we decided we were gonna try to go to the Colosseum. So we wandered by the Trevi Fountain again. And again, it was jam packed, <laughs> it's crazy. And then we walked through these back roads and it was just, so incredibly hot. And then we stumbled upon the most gorgeous, massive white structure. It's called Monumenta Vittoria Emanuele. It's also known as like the altar of the fatherland. So if you're ever in Rome, 
you just have to go and see this building. It is massive and white and just gorgeous. It's unreal. It's so big. So we got a picture in front of that. And then we headed up. Actually, we walked behind that the fatherland and there was this cool it was like ruins kind of underground so we walked and explored that a little bit and then we walked over to the coliseum there were street performers blasting michael jackson music and dancing like people wearing makeup there was people pretending they were statues it was kind of cheesy it's honestly a lot like vegas <laughs> so it's just kind of weird when you're like i'm gonna go see the coliseum and then that's what you see on the way up so we stopped at this pizza place for lunch and then we headed over to the Coliseum. The line to get tickets was absolutely crazy and by this point we were soaked in sweat and we were just kind of over it. We ended up walking around the Coliseum. We would peek in the doorways and windows and then we took a bus back to our part of town. We wandered around a little bit more and then we just called it a day. We were just so tired. And then the next day, by this point I was done. <laughs> Steve wanted to see the Vatican and just figuring out the public transportation to get there. The bus just didn't come like time and time again. We just kept seeing buses go by and it was like, what the heck? Where's our bus? And so we got on another bus and then another bus and we finally were able to get there. So Steve really wanted to see the Sistine Chapel and we were at the Vatican and we just could not. It was it was like just hectic to try to get tickets to go to the Sistine Chapel you had to like you couldn't just walk through this one area you had to walk all the way around and by this point I just had a full-on meltdown and we decided it was probably best to go back to the hotel and just get me away from people <laughs> so that's what we did we went home and this was the first day that we watched tv on my laptop I, like I had to mentally check out. I was just so done by that point. So we watched TV, we had dinner, we packed, got ready for our flight home. And that's my Europe trip. So overall, Europe was absolutely amazing. But I would say if you're planning a trip to Europe, you really need to go into it expecting to be very patient, expecting a ton of tourists, especially in the summer. There's gonna be high temperatures, lots of cigarettes, pickpockets, yeah, so I'd probably go back for eight days. I, I honestly, I could probably just spend eight days in Paris alone. I loved Paris so much, but uh, it's just hard because the tickets are so expensive and you wanna maximize your time while you're there. If I could plan my trip over again, I would say maybe start in Rome because that's when you're the most patient around other people and the people in Rome were just pushy and it was hot and tight. And then I would end in Paris because Paris is just a dream. It's more peaceful. I just, yeah, I don't know. I was just so over it by that point. I was over tourists. I was over traveling. So yeah. My next review is going to be all about what you need for your trip to Europe. So if you're interested in that, subscribe to my channel and that will be up soon. I hope you guys found this informative and if you have a Europe trip planned, let me know. I love hearing what you're gonna do. And if you have any questions, of course, you can always email me, DM me. My Instagram is at lauren.arrow. Thank you for being here and I'll see you next time.